first time I've seen that. So this week, we're starting a sermon series with 10 other churches. And as you kind of saw there, or maybe have seen on social media, um, with the idea being joy in the city, we started, which you may have seen or not, we started a prayer gathering of local pastors about a year ago, um, really thinking that God wants to move in Altoona. We just have such a sense of that, but that the church needs to be unified for that to happen. And the church has not been unified historically in Altoona for a really long time. And so we started meeting, thinking if we can begin with the pastors, maybe that would be a start. And so 10 churches are, have been getting together. We've been having meetings to try to figure out what the sermon series would kind of be about. We've come up with five topics, and each church is going to be preaching on the same topics. But every church is free to pretty much give their own sermon based on their people, the context, what the Lord gives them. And so we kind of kicked this off with the prayer um, breakfast on Thursday, where lots of people came to, to pray for our city. We prayed for the churches, we prayed for um, the schools, we prayed for businesses, and that was a really cool way to kick off this sermon series. And so this is going to be leading up to the all-church um, meeting on June 2nd at the Mishler at 6 o'clock. Right? It's not on there. But yes. Okay, <laughs> so it's just a unity service where we can all kind of get together and kind of wait on God. There'll be speakers, and so we encourage you all to come out for that. So in the sermon series, today we're talking about unity. The first thing that we're all talking about is unity. And so D.L. Moody, who's a great American evangelist, said, I have never known the Spirit of God to work where the Lord's people are divided. And so this is an evangelist who's gone everywhere. He's brought thousands to Jesus, and he knows that if the people are divided, the spirit doesn't move. So how important is unity to us? And I want you to think kind of about an orchestra. If you've ever seen an orchestra performance, think about that. You kind of go in, and everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Like each instrument, each performer is playing to kind of warm up. Maybe they're warming up their mouth if they have a woodwind instrument or their fingers getting ready to play, but everybody's only listening to what they're doing so they can be ready. And so if you walk in, it just sounds like a bunch of noise, like everybody's doing their own thing. And then what happens is when it's time to start, the conductor comes in and he like bangs his little baton on the music stand and everybody stops what they're doing and looks at the conductor and is ready to play their instrument. And so the conductor has a big role in what happens. Everybody's kind of focused in on him and he or she um, will kind of wave her or his baton and get people going. They keep time to make sure that everybody's playing the same song at the same time so nobody gets ahead. And whenever it's your turn, say you're the, the flutes, the flutes have a solo, he'll turn and like get really excited, have you seen that? And kind of encourage them, now's your time, play. And so that's, I think, a really good picture of the church because we're all different, but we're all meant to play together in this big song. And we need God to show us when it's our time or what we're supposed to be doing, we need to be focused on him. So our scripture today is from John chapter 17, verses 20 through 23, which says, My prayer is not for them alone. 
I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory you gave me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. So this is chapter 17 of John, and in chapter 17, Jesus is praying. So he begins the beginning of the chapter praying for himself, and then toward the middle, he prays for his disciples, the 12 that he's gathered. And then the end, what I just read, is he's praying for anyone who would follow the message of the disciples after them. And so that's us. Like, I don't know if you realize, but there's a recorded prayer that Jesus prayed for you because he knew you. So that's, that's what he's praying. And then in chapter 18, is, it's at the beginning of chapter 18, it says after he had finished praying, he was arrested. And so that's when it all began, when he was arrested and he was tried and then he was ultimately hung on the cross. So chapter 17, Jesus is praying. Chapter 18, the whole process basically of Easter begins. And so think about the importance of that. If you knew that you had just a few more days to live, how important would the things that you're saying right before that all happens be? Jesus must have thought that it was really important that we be unified because that's one of the last prayers he prayed before he hung on the cross. And so if we think about D.L. Moody and what he said and what Jesus prayed before he was arrested, pretty important that the church be unified, I would think. And Jesus says, may they be one as we are one. He's talking to his father there. So he's saying, just as the Trinity is one, may the, the brothers and sisters in Christ be one. So like of the same substance. Do you think that there's dissension in the Trinity? Do you think that Jesus talked smack about the Holy Spirit? I don't think so. Not that there can't be conflict, but in, not in the Trinity, with us. But Jesus says, let them be just as we are, of the same substance, that we would be so unified and so loving that it would be look like the Trinity here on earth. And so I want to pause here to kind of define what unity means. Unity does not mean uniformity. If you think back to the orchestra, it's great to go and hear a whole bunch of violins play. The violin's a great instrument, but the orchestra is beautiful because every instrument is different. They all have different strengths and weaknesses. They can hit certain notes that others can't. And so that's why it's beautiful because they're all different playing one song. Whenever Jesus calls us to unity, it's not that we should all be the same. We shouldn't all be preaching. We shouldn't all be prophesying. We shouldn't all be doing all the things. We should do what God created for us to do. So we have to figure out what that is. Us here, each one of you in the vineyard, and then us, God has just deposited something special here in the vineyard for us to use for the Big C Church in this area. And so we need to play our part. God has is a creative God that created us all differently to be creative people 
And so that's part of the divine plan that we would each do what we've been created to do individually and as a body here. Our differences are divine, and they're each holding a little characteristic of God. But the thing is is that they don't really meet their full potential until they're joined up with the rest of the body. I have a little piece of what it means to be God's heart. And so does Derek, and so does Shelby, and so does Steph. And it's great and beautiful, but it's so much more when we're joined together to do the thing that we're created to do. And so I want to, unified means, I want to define unity now. It means of oneness of purpose. So all going the same direction. Not all doing our own little thing. Not all doing the same thing. But we're all coming together in the same direction. And so what is that purpose? What is the purpose that we're supposed to be doing, that you're supposed to be doing, that we as a vineyard collectively are supposed to be doing? What's our purpose? Do you think that it's to love each other? To take care of the marginalized? To make sure that each person is completely full to capacity of the Holy Spirit? Maybe it's to like figure out exactly what we're supposed to be doing. Every little piece, figure out, have all the knowledge of God. Let's look at what Jesus says in chapter 17, verse 4. He says, I have brought you glory on earth, He's talking to his father here. I have brought you glory on earth by completing the work you gave me to do. So Jesus says our purpose is to bring God glory. That's what we're created for. That's what I'm created for. That's what we as a vineyard are supposed to be doing and created for. And we can't do that if we're all over in the corner playing our own thing, doing our little own instrument thing. And I say, I have my gifting, and I'm going to go practice my gifting over here. Or we as a vineyard say, we're going to come over here and do what we do, and you go ahead and do what you do over there, but just don't, just don't come over here. I think the church has done that for too long. We've gone into our own little sects and our own little, kept to our own people and said, this is what we do. It's better, maybe, than what you do. And I think the unchurched world, the, ch- the world that doesn't know Jesus, kind of listens to that and says, it sounds like noise. We're all doing our own thing, playing our own instrument, not worried about what the Jesus song is supposed to be. So people who don't know Jesus look at the church and they say, I can't, doesn't make sense to me. I can't really figure out what's happening because we're all doing our own thing. The point is that we would all come together and play the Jesus song that we're all created to play together. We each have our own little expression of what that means to worship Jesus. And if we would come together and work those things together, I think the unchurched, the people who don't know Jesus, would look and notice what a difference that is. I think trouble comes when our purpose, or what we believe our purpose, is too short-sighted. All of those things that I mentioned before, yeah, it's really great if we can all be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's part of it. It's really great if we can grow in knowledge of God, but it's too short-sighted. Really, our purpose is to bring God glory. Not to mention that sometimes we like to bring ourselves glory. So I don't think we'd call it that. We wouldn't call it glory because glory is totally like a God word. We would say, I want someone to notice. I want someone to notice what I do. We're not above that. I'm certainly not above that. So we have to watch these things 
And, you know, it's really hard to be unified with people if you don't know their heart, if you don't know their passion, if you don't know what your passion is. So I'm going to do something weird again. I'm doing weird things today. I want you to think about, just take a minute and think about what your passion is. Think about the thing that makes you tick or that you love. I'm going to give you a minute. gets weirder. Um, So now what I want you to do is find someone who you don't know and tell them what that thing is. I'm going to give you like a minute. You can just share quickly. I can see the smirks. Everyone hates it. It's okay. I love you all. Here's the thing. You're all, I know most of you and you're all really cool people and we need to share that with each other. So it can just be one word Just share, and then you can go back to your seat. Okay, it can be really quick. Go. need to get my baton. Okay, time's up. Find your seat. That was so fun. So I want you to think about that. Think about all the, I mean, maybe you just heard one person's passion, but each one of you has something inside of you that God has deposited in you for your family, for this body, for the Big C Church, that we need that. Whatever that thing is, we need that. So the purpose, our purpose, is to bring God glory, each one of you, through the things that he's given you. And us as the vineyard, that's our purpose. And Jesus says in chapter 4, we do that by doing the work God has given us to do. And so maybe that's connected to your passion, quite likely. But I think as a group in the vineyard and the big orchestra of God, of the church, I think that God has called us in the vineyard to be the clarinet in the orchestra. I wanted to play, whenever I was in fourth grade, you get to pick um, an instrument to play. And I wanted to play the saxophone. I knew that I was made for the saxophone. And so I went to my music teacher in fourth grade, and I said, I got to play the saxophone. And he said, well, we only have, like, three saxophones. So 
why don't you start with the clarinet? The clarinet, you can really easily, I, he told me, you can switch to the saxophone after you. And like the saxophone has this like, you know, the jazz solos where they're just like rocking out and dancing around. That's what I wanted to do. You can't do that with the clarinet. It's like this weird thing that sticks out in front of you, looks like you're charming a snake. You can't dance around with the clarinet. But it's what they started me out with. So I'm telling you, after about two months, I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not interested in the clarinet. But I think that God has called us in the vineyard to be the clarinet. You don't hear too many clarinet solos. <laughs> Kenny G does the clarinet very well. I think he's the only one. The clarinet in the band, if you play the clarinet, it's a great instrument. The clarinet in the band is meant to help hold the music together. It's a connector. It doesn't get the glory. It's kind of a humble instrument. And I feel like that's what God has called us here to be, to be connectors, to be peacemakers, to be people who can bring other people together, to go out and love the people that are hard to love and say, no, you belong here. And if you're a singer, it's maybe like the harmony. The harmony doesn't really get a whole lot of play. The melody is what people love. And if you're singing the melody, you can do the cool runs and you can hit the high notes, but the harmony is just there to hold the music together. That's what we're called to be. So I want you to think about that, all the places in your life where you're called to be the clarinet that doesn't get any glory, but gives glory to God. I feel like that's what we're called to be here. And so you've seen the pictures on social media, if you're on social media. Most of you are. Some of you are not, then hey. Um, and <laughs> no, I support you in all your decisions. Um, and so you've seen the pastor's prayer gathering where we pray, at, you've heard about it at least, we pray at 6.30 in the morning. I talked about it a little bit earlier. And that has done like amazing things to bring unity amongst the pastors in the city, at least the ones that show up. And so what we really want is for that to like spread across the city. What we would love to see happen is places where people work, where people go to school, in your neighborhoods, in your families, for people to begin prayer gatherings like this amongst people, brothers and sisters in Christ, who maybe don't go to the same church or don't believe what you believe um, about how to do church. But how powerful would that be if people just began to pray together? And what would that mean? What would that look like to the people who don't know Jesus? And how much would the atmosphere shift if we began to pray? And so it doesn't have to be 6.30 in the morning for a half an hour. Um, it could be any time before a shift for 15 minutes, even once a month. But begin to think about those things because we really want to see an awakening in Altoona. And it's only going to, it can't just be the pastors. It can't. We can't do it all. We're not supposed to. We're all supposed to have a hand in this Jesus song that we're all playing. Charles Brent, who was a Canadian-born bishop and missionary during World War I, said, the unity of Christendom is not a luxury, but a necessity. The world will go on limping until Christ's prayer that all may be one is answered. We must have unity. Not at all costs, but at all risks. 
A unified church is the only offering we dare present to the coming Christ, for in it alone will he find room to dwell. God wants to move across our city. I knew that before I even moved here. I had such a sense that God wanted to do something here. And I still feel it. But that will only happen as the church, brothers and sisters in Christ, here in the vineyard and in the big C church, join hands and make room for Jesus to come, for the Holy Spirit to come and do the amazing things that he does. We can't make it happen, but we can prepare and make room for it to happen.